I'm Alex from the Elder Tour Squad. This is a mature podcast that uses the 5th edition rule set for Dungeons & Dragons by Wizards of the Coast. This campaign is a slightly modified version of the module Tombs of Annihilation. Our play experience is purely our own and is covered under the open game license. Any other similarities to people, places, things, ideas, or events are pure coincidence. Thank you for listening. Alright, so it has been a hot minute since we've been able to do our Tombs of Annihilation game. What do you guys remember about where we left off? So we had a very long shopping episode, which we all very much loved. And I think now we're on our way out to meet with a, with Azaka. And where, where are we going? I was about to say, we were we had a destination in mind. I can't remember yeah, we what it was. We were going to go to Mambala. Or at least a for a forgotten ancient city around Mimbala. And that's out west, I think. Like, we go yeah. down down the river, and then yeah. we're going west. We, yeah, we yeah. were going to take the river... Oh, my God. I'm going to butcher it. I love... Star. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Social um, Star, I think. Which we would have to be careful, because Camp Righteous and Camp Vengeance are down there. But we have the pass. Yes. A forged one, but it was a really good forgery. It was a super good one. Yeah, look because, at look at that little dance. Uh, so, they can't. This is audio. <laughs> did you say it wasn't Mambala we were going to, or? So I believe that you knew of Mambala, and I think you were going to stop there. But I think you were told about Orlunga, which is a little bit further. It's a chunk west of Mambala, because Mambala is shown on this map here. But you were told a rumor about uh, Orlunga. I'll look it up real quick to try um, and know. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking then. I think we were planning on stopping at Mbala on the way. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. Because where's the rumor table? Because that had a theoretical hint or clue towards what's happening here. So. Yeah, it was information of some variety. And that, like, we were going to stop in Mbala, even though it's very... People have started to leave it, I think is what you said, because it's kind of too far out there. There might be people there who know what's going on, or at least know where we're going. If I'm not mistaken, I think I told you that it is, as far as anyone knows, abandoned. Okay. I could have swore I gave you information based off of one of these, but maybe I, I did not, because it doesn't look like any of the designated rumors pertain to Orlunga. But I think that you might have been going to Mambala as, like, regardless, I think that's the direction you were going in. So, the camera comes in on a medium to maybe slightly taller than medium height human woman with darker skin, uh, one of the native people of this island. She uh, is loading ammunitions and foodstuffs some water skins onto a canoe with the help of a half-orcish woman. The human woman is uh, dressed pretty traditionally, brighter colors as is pretty typical around here, carrying a couple of javelins and a long spear. Got a kind of ferocious attitude to her body language and is very rough with the throwing the things into the canoe 
that is our guide, Azaka Stormfang. And as for the half-orc woman helping her, and would you like to introduce your character? First, I'm not supposed to be in love with her, and you give that as an opener? <laughs> no way. <laughs> you, sir, are joking. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, a man, I'm playing, uh, de Pretenda. Um, as a note, I made a regular place in this homebrew world for uh, most of the races, and then I didn't really think too much about every single race. Then everybody picked all of the really, like, niche races, and, uh, so I panic-made up a continent called Azriel, where Brynheld is from, and it is definitely not Australia. I am so sorry to you Australians. So Brynhild is a half-orc bard and fighter. So when you see her, she looks a little small for a half-orc. It's definitely muscular, but doesn't have the same kind of buff structure that you would expect. She wears a, a breastplate, and that's kind of mixed with a from like a pelt that's above her shoulders and a plate uh, that's on her right shoulder and on the left if you looked closely you could tell that there was a small layer of bone that is used for protection and the rest of her gear kind of has that hodgepodge kind of appearance that asymmetrical look where there's a little bit of chainmail in bits and a little bit of plate in like across her bicep and then a piece of bone that that has been clearly stitched together with the armor set itself to like cover her elbows and knees. Yeah, and she stands at about 6'4". So, still a tall girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Towers over most everybody else here, considering the population is human and Arakakra, which are shorter than humans, too. As the two of them are loading a very large pile of supplies in for the next expedition out into the wilderness, longer than your previous one, I assume that next to arrive would be... Rilke, a 5'10 shark, high, ashy pale skin, white hair. She's got a deep scar in her left side of her face. She's wearing kind of a darker brown studded leather armor uh, with a sword on her back coming up very professional very like ready to take on what's about to happen and if there's anything left to help around with like putting stuff on the canoe she's more than willing to start getting stuff on if Tortellini needs help getting onto the ship she's helping to the best of her ability to get Tortellini on the canoe what do you imagine Tortellini doing at this time Tortellini is trying to curl into a ball and roll around while we pack the canoe. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Tortellini could skip herself like a rock across the river. Maybe when her training gets further. (laughs) We'll just have a little, like, Jesus ankylosaurus walk, like, skipping along the way. Mm -hmm. It would have to be upside down, so that's the real strength. (laughs) You better believe that while Tortellini's small, I'm going to try it. Oh, no, Tortellini's actually... As an ankylosaurus, is so really big. Yeah. Yeah. Tortellini, a small ankylosaurus, is like a baby elephant. There goes my dream of rolling her up into a ball, throwing her, and then her throwing her tail out. Like a whip. Yeah, I think you could pick Tortellini up at this point, but it will be maybe a matter of weeks before you can't. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that 2X man. Um, and then, yeah, doing like rope work with the ship, she's doing that with expertise in a way. This is a canoe? Yeah, there's, there's still some rope work that might be. <laughs> yeah. Because this is a big canoe. Yeah, but this is so, not, this doesn't have sails. Yeah, 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 this is more tying down yeah. Yeah. equipment. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I thought you meant like raising and lowering nope, sails rope no. pork, and I'm like, uh, it's not really applicable, but yeah, yeah, I got you. Then, after you've been working for a few minutes, hear a commotion coming from up the street, and waddling down the street with a huge, just gawkers crowd just stopped in their tracks as they watch him go by. Damien, if you would. Uh, Turner is a Kenku standing at about 4'10". He is wearing chainmail with his vestments over it, which are all navy blue with a star pattern on it. And over, he is wearing a cloak that is also like a dark blue with kind of more of a galaxy print more and a kind of shifting star pattern on top of it hmm. and he you you definitely hear him before you see him his chainmail is jingling like a bag of coins so you hear the crowd commotion and you hear the weird sound of someone tossing their entire purse onto the sidewalk but no it's it's just turner's armor i assume the uh you are all just helping prepare for the journey. It is early to maybe mid-morning. You've uh, you've gotten your breakfast from the inn you've been staying at. I assume you're all helping to load the canoe. Um, is there anything that you wanted to have grabbed in the morning before taking off? Oh, uh, so there's nothing in particular I'd like to grab, but when Rilke comes up, I'd like to do something. All right, go for all it. Right. Hey there, mate. You, uh, you fucking get me that oil? Yes, I did. And pulls out two jars of cooking oil and hands them to you. And she takes one and looks you in the eye. So how many of these are we going to burn? Uh, hopefully none. But, you know, the spider incident kind of, kind of needed them. My friend, there's going to be a spider incident in every part of this place. I mean, when they're big spiders in a little hole. There's going to be a lot of that. Okay, well, I'll try not to burn that, all right? I'm just asking for you to come up with an alternative. Do you have good area control? And so, um, now it's on me. Well, I'm asking. Yes, Turner? That was him raising his hand going, I do. Okay, good. Okay, I won't burn the oil, t- at least this expedition. Get some alchemist fire or something. I don't know. I don't have the money for that right now. It, it's not expensive, mate. It's really not expensive. Okay. Well, next time we're in town, I'll, I'll pick some up. We were just in... T- you are like the guy who's like, oh... It's all right. I don't need to go to the bathroom. I just went. And then we get ten minutes down the river. Guess who's peeing off the side? <laughs> you are currently still in town. The we river still... meets town. 
We're still in town. You I, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and like the way, but like when she looks at you, it's like she's clearly kind of playing yeah. it up. And yeah, I think Rilke knows that is playing into it. It's time for shopping episode number two, mate. We should probably uh, get on the river. You would say that, wouldn't you? I mean, you just want to burn my oil again. I'm going to a little something. <laughs> just at the end. You want to use my oil? <laughs> oh, God, that is so bad. <laughs> It's so bad. No, yeah. that one was decent, I yeah. thought. No, I just, it sounded uncomfortable. That's what I mean. Mm. Is it because I made eye contact while saying it? Yes. Turner has been doing what I've been doing and turning his head to look at each <laughs> one of you as you take your turns in the argument. So, Jenna, what what's the idea did you have? Is Turner just going to make like a little fire sound? He kind of looks between you two in that, like, very awkward, like, at a friend's house and they start arguing with their parents. And he just kind of slowly, like, inches towards the boat and closer no, to the you yourself in the middle of this. <laughs> just like it, uh, just like uh, when you're when their parents get into an argument, you're in the middle now, baby. Yeah, Turner, just walk away, all right? He's, like, he is inching backwards looking up at you guys. Because both of you are significantly taller than him. If you want, I can go quickly run and grab some of Alchemist's fire, all right? Well, now you're saying it's too late. Which one is it, mate? I figured we'd be on the boat in, like, three minutes or around that. Because, I mean, and points to the boat, we're pretty much done packing. Why are you acting like this is my fault? It's not. Are you gonna go get it or not? It's up to you, mate. Fine, and I guess I will go to the alchemist shop, Wilbur's shop, and get some alchemist fire. As Rilke turns around, and goes to Turner. Oh, I really wasn't that upset, to be honest. I don't know why he caved that easily. <laughs> I do have two gold, so two gold. Yeah. Oh my god. That's I have why I hundred and eighty. I body plus one weapon. Brother, I don't think you can afford the Alchemist Fire. That's what I meant. I didn't think you were this poor. So, did you still walk into Wilbur's shop? I guess. You walk in to Wilbur's shop, and he, you see him, you see commotion in the back room as he's running around, like, crashing pots and pans. You can tell it is not neat back there. And he walks out of the room... Um, when he hears the door, yells, I'll be right there! And okay. then... You could take your time. He walks in, uh, comes up to the counter, and uh, does a little short hop up onto the stool and to sit there. And goes, all right, what can I do you for here? A friend sent me... How much is for, like, a vial of alchemist fire? Oh, that'll run you 50 gold. I don't got that. <laughs> Well, what do you have? Probably not enough to spend here. How much was for that? Uh, th those mushrooms again? Wow, I really cannot get away with any amount of subtlety around these parts, huh? I mean, you but, sold us the mushrooms before. Yeah, but don't go yelling it to the streets! Looks over the door, it's closed. I don't think they're gonna hear it. <laughs> a 
Okay, it may be true, but you didn't have to say it. <laughs> because... All right. I can get you a dose of the specially cooked mushrooms. Okay. A, a dose for how much? A, uh, it's... <laughs> it was five gold. No. Uh, no, it was, I think, like, 25. Oh, gold? Oh. Yeah. I I think I remembered it being low just because I, I definitely but, sold it to you too yeah, low. Yeah, and I think you should up the price. Yeah. Um, make it at least 50 for us. Um, just because, like, when I pick up my feet for making poison, it costs, like, 200 gold to make um, a few vials. Okay. So, so then, like yeah. at least fifty minimum. If it's that expensive, yeah, I can't buy it. I mean, I was laughing because at five gold, you can't buy it. Yeah, and because like, I forgot how expensive everything is. I guess we'll go back to the the, the canoe. You said we were supposed to take off in three minutes, and you come back in like we took what fifteen minutes. <laughs> I think it was shorter than that, maybe five to ten, because it was in, hey, how much does this cost? You can't afford it. And turn around and leave. Okay, so show me what you got. Uh, yeah, yeah I couldn't afford anything. Fucking what? Just kind of puts the hand up, this was like, hand up to the sword. This was expensive. Well, oh, I flew on I'm extremely glad that you got something nice and shiny for yourself and decided to fuck me over. At least you got the cooking oil. I paid you double fold for the oil. You On wanted, credit. You wanted one, one vial of cooking oil. I got you two. No wonder why you're here. You're really hot up, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, the town I was working in, their, their manual labor jobs are not there anymore. And Turner almost condescendingly goes, at least you got the cooking oil. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, I think we're probably ready to take off. Uh, Yeah, Ozaka, while the bickering is going on, turns around after loading the last of the water skins into the uh, back of the canoe and goes, all right, kids, are you ready to get this show on the road? Oh, yeah. Well, better late than never. Looking at Rilke. You're the one who wanted the alchemist fire. You're the one who couldn't afford it. (laughs) Doesn't just kind of like smiles and shakes her head as she gets onto the boat. Yeah, and and Brunhild's also kind of like chuckling a little bit. All right, so when uh, when we leave the city, you will be canoeing along the edge of the coast for a good while until the coast turns into an inlet into the river Soshinstar. This will take quite a long time. As you come into the inlet, you see kind of along the coast there is a mine set up with workers flowing in and out. Nothing too special there. Yeah, you travel inward into the jungle once again. I hope there ain't any stupid fucking uh, old wizard birds again. There was nothing minor about those illusions. Who 
is rowing, who's taking enough time, who's sleeping at night. Uh, are you all making camp along the edge at night? How uh, is this going? I think that originally we were rowing, like we were taking shifts rowing, people were sleeping, and I like took my four hours rest and then would take over for a while. So you're rowing through the night then? Yeah. And yeah, I do have proficiency with water vehicles. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll give you some extra distance for that. I'll say that while... So you're rowing about half the time then, maybe? Probably, yeah. I might, like, t- stop to take breaks, but, like, switch it off to Brynhild for yeah, a while. Yeah, like, probably, like, once an hour you take, like, a 20-minute break. Yeah. So um, I'll actually give you a... A choice. Do you want to get the benefits of moving at a slow pace and still move at a normal pace? Or do you want the benefits or do you want to move at a fast pace but not take the downsides? Um What's so what's the downsides of because I, I don't know how traveling works in D D. Mm-hmm. Um if you're moving at a fast pace, you have a minus five to passive perception. And if you have a slow pace... Oh, yeah. You also... When you're moving at a fast pace, you get an extra 1d4 tiles moved per day. But you have a minus 5 to passive perception. And at a slow pace, you get 1d4 fewer... Oh, on... No, on a roll of 1 or 2, you get 1 fewer hex that day. And you are technically in stealth while you're moving slowly. Um, I I would put it up to the table. I think, um, since this is on our way down, I think we can afford to go slow. Okay. And then, like, if it's on the way back, you probably want to speed up. Okay, so normal pace, or, yeah, normal pace, but, right? Oh, no, slow, but I'm still going normal pace. Yes, benefits of moving slow, so you're you're moving stealthily. Like, you can see enemies before they see you, as long as your stealth rolls are decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I'm also, like, uh, the fast pace, I still, like, I have the uh, perception for it. But, no, that's still good. So, you're... You've packed quite a few rations for this journey. Azaka has put some forward as a thanks for helping her. For with her family business, and I do think I got some dino jerky last time. Tortellini's very conflicted. Look, it ain't ankylosaurus jerky. Your trip goes smoothly for about three days. You are going well on rations until uh, you see alongside the river. Give me just one minute. I feel like half the enemies in this, uh, like, in uh, tombs can just be boiled down to, if it ain't the invisible cunt. (laughs) No, no, no. Since you are stealthily moving, y'all are the invisible cunts. (laughs) Say it again, but lower. Y'all are the invisible cunts. Hey, quick note from future Alex. We took a break, and Jake forgot to turn his microphone back on when we came back, so forgive him if he's quiet for the next 20 or so minutes. You see along the bank a couple of 
animals. They haven't noticed you yet as you're paddling, but if you want to keep moving, I'm going to need a stealth check. Ooh. Um, just oh. from Rookie or from all of us? Uh, I think just from... Oh, my oh God. no, the cat. Just Kaiba from no. Rookie? Kaiba, no! I think you're going to shake the table, my I'm man. going to put my hand on you and cast Guidance. That gives me... A D4. An extra D4. Yeah. Uh, I think... hope if this matters. Yeah. Um, I, I oh. think if you're the only one paddling, it's just going to be from you. Oh, first, first real roll with your new dice. Yeah. And I will... Oh, I didn't get a good look at those. Oh, they're I'll sick. I love them. Yeah. yeah, everything dice, not a plug. Sorry. My absolute favorite dice maker. How did I know you are going to bring this up during the session um because they're fucking amazing and i buy so many of their sets as like as i'm making this i'm kind of motioning for everyone to get down Mm -hmm. or at least Mm -hmm. it landed on chords i have to re-roll baby warning if if you get uh, a lot of feedback listeners i am so sorry kaiba is rampant and (gasps) 18 oh uh is that total Uh, or i can roll the d4 yeah, is that... No, I mean, did you add your proficiencies and stuff? Yes. Okay. What you can see, by the way, are only a few limbs poking out. One of them seems stock, <clears throat> stocky and short, and one is long, spindly, and hairy. Okay. Um, you motherfucker. No, I don't, think, I don't think you're right. Okay, I hope I'm wrong. So my d20, I rolled a 13 uh, plus 3 because of... Um, my skill and then I roll a four on the d4. So okay, like so yeah, 20. dirty 20. They do not notice you, and are you trying to get a better look at them? Or are you just trying to pass by? Um, are you stopping to engage? I think I would what like get Asaka's attention on them, mm-hmm. and yeah, I guess like try to as carefully peer over to where they are. All right, I'm going to need you to give me either perception or investigation, and I think you can do this with advantage. Okay, so I'm going to roll uh, perception. That's an 11. 19. All right, so what you can very clearly tell what they are. If you guys wanted to roll for it, or if you just want to take Rilke's word for it. Oh, what are we rolling for that? Sorry. To see what these beasts are. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean... Is perception, oh, perception or investigation? investigation? Ooh, I like to do it just just to see. Just have fun. Okay, do I want to do my astrology dice or my obsidian? Astrology. Astrology. It fits too well. I got an 11. Uh, five. <laughs> I can see the stars, but not the creatures beneath them. So, Rilke, you see very clearly... You don't see shit. Turner. I'm too little. <laughs> he's you like see, he's doing, trying to like pop up and see over the edge of the canoe. Your the beasts are in front of you, but your eyes are pointed this way. <laughs> yeah, just like Benny style, like like uh-huh. pug. Uh-huh. And you can tell that that it looks like a mismatched pair of large beasties. That one is mammalian and one seems like an oversized insect. Rilke. Rilke. Oh, uh, and then I was going to give Rilke the information okay. that okay. you get, which is that there is a rhinoceros and a giant spider. 
Oh, just vibing? Uh, they are rooting around for looking for prey right now. Together? Yeah. Oh. That is what I thought it was, you fuck. I didn't oh. know that. I thought you thought I was throwing a chimera at so you or something. I will try our best to keep moving stealthily, and then I'm going to just, act as quietly as possible, just go, there's a rhinoceros and a giant spider over there. Not hunting each other. Realty. What the fuck? What the fuck? What do you mean? I don't know what's... And I look at Asaka and sh- Do you know what's going on? Um, I, I don't know about where you're from, but this is not uncommon here. Okay. I didn't think rhinos hunted for prey to begin with. Well, the ones here do. I love this place. Kind <laughs> <laughs> so of... Why eat plants when you can eat a dinosaur? That's fair. And Turner's going to make like a little, like, very, very quietly, a little bell and point at Tortellini. (laughs) Get his name out of your mouth. (laughs) Beak. No, it's more just like they hunt, they hunt dinosaurs. We have a dinosaur. (gasps) We got to be careful. Brunhild gently strokes the back of Tortellini, who has not seen this yet. Tortellini looks up and lets out a happy little coo. Yes, you're so precious. Yes, you are. They just won't gobble you up, but like in a cute way, not in a not in a cannibalistic way. Not now. (laughs) Azaka turns and goes, "If uh, if I may." This does seem like an opportunity that we could obtain rations if you wanted. Um, Azaka, do you eat spider? I do eat rhinoceros. There's gotta be a couple hundred pounds of meat on there. Ryoki, you're the, uh, expert here. I'll leave it in your capable hands. The four of us, I think we could take it. If you wanted to give me a nature roll, I could give you a little bit more specifics. Yeah, I will do it since it's a free roll. That's an open invitation for anybody. Uh, Oh, I'll roll for which which skill? Nature. I got an eight for my nature roll. Oh, this is not going to be good. Oh, God, it just rotated so much. Uh, An 11. I got a three. So, you two don't know much about either of these. I'll give to you, Brynhild, that, you know what, a one-on-one with a rhinoceros would be a hell of a challenge, but a two-on-one would be something that you would feel confident doing. I feel confident in this fight? Like, if it's a two- if- if it were two of you against the rhinoceros, you would feel confident in that fight. Okay, so Brynhild has an idea. Okay. Um, let me just check the wording on something real quick. Brynhild is going to turn to the rest of the party and say, All right, well, I got, uh, I got an idea. We're going to have to get a little close. And a little quietly. Okay. What's your plan? Brynhild is going to cast Minor Illusion to make a, uh, 
small animal appear. I don't uh, know too many of the small animals in this. I mean, you could make it a velociraptor if you wanted to, like a lone one. Yeah, make it look like a small, like a small velociraptor, and like as if it's going to rush in, burrow through through some leaves. Okay. To uh, and where are you making it away from? Right. This is just an example, like just showing what her plan is. So it's just right on the dock of the ship, uh, like right on the canoe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you just go. That's my plan. We get close. I do that little trim parlor trick. And then we take him from behind. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> uh, it's a good idea. And then I point to Turner. They're going to hear him from a mile away. <laughs> How do you feel about coming up from the rear? Are we still not doing phrasing? <laughs> you gotta learn how to say it better. One thing that I will mention, just so so Rilke and Turner would notice specifically that when the illusion goes into the leaves, it doesn't make any sound. There's no rustling, there's no movement in the bush. It just kind of disappears into it. Okay. Yep, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably adjust my idea a little bit on that front. Because, mm-hmm. like, to get technical, yeah, minor illusion can create either a visual illusion or an auditory one. It cannot create both at the same time. Oh, uh, in which case, yeah, Brunel's idea is probably going to be to cause the sound of rustling. Okay. But, like, the idea still stands. Yep. But we would have to get up behind them because the range is only 30 feet. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea because that way we can try to attack them and get at least one of them down before we have to fight. Azaka says we could use that to lure one away from the other if possible and uh, attack from afar. That way we don't have to get that close before to uh, risk our heavily armored friend here. The spell itself is pretty uh, pretty close range, so at least I have to be close. I mean, the s- you could make it a louder sound, but closer to us if you wanted, I guess. Um, yeah, so maybe a little bit down the coastline, mm-hmm. and that way, uh, spider also doesn't isn't really in its home court either. I think this is a great plan. Well, let's get killing then. All right. Yeah, I I. Since we're going to be recording here often, I really need to grab the battle maps and bring them here, too. Mm, Yeah. But we're going to do this theater of the mind this time. I'd like to get to actual battle maps and strategies. But here we are. About where are you all setting up? I assume you, like, dock, you drag the canoe onto shore... I'd imagine that we encourage Turner to stay back for the time being, um, until he can until he hears the combat start or sees it, just sees us make that first strike, and mm-hmm. then uh, so I'm gonna be moving into the bush line, and prepping my like where like the best spot I can cast the spell I suppose. So yeah, there's brushes, trees. It's pretty dense foliage. It's a minor miracle that Rilke was able to see what they were through this uh, 
thick of jungle. There are some fallen logs that could be used as cover, and a behind them there's a opening in the foliage. Just it's somewhat light along the co- the coast, and there are several large and sturdy trees that um, are scattered around. So yeah, I'm gonna. I don't know if you want me to make this a roll, but yeah, so I'm trying to identify the best spot to potentially get them to separate with the sound, and I'm going to motion to Rilke, like, um, like questioningly, if I should cast it up in the uh, tree line so that maybe the spider will climb up mm. and away. Um, if you want to do that, we kind of, like, do I know if the spider can jump? I don't think you have a strong idea of it. The, so there's a challenge that this thing might be able to, if it goes up there and realizes we're fighting its friend, it could jump down on top of us. Alright, uh, maybe make the sound of something coming out of the water? Could be a good idea. Um, I'm not looking for could be, so I'm looking for ideas. We'll lure, because yeah, if we lure even this, like, we get the spider away. That's great. So, I think that's probably the best idea. We're down towards the uh, river, take out whichever one comes in first, and hopefully our initial attack is good enough to knock it out. And no, uh, we aim for the one that doesn't have that is further back from the sound. Alright. So that way we're getting it from behind. And with that... If we're prepped, I'm going to go ahead and cast the Minor Illusion and make the sound of something bursting from water and then thunking, like like a plop, onto the ground. So, uh, give me a second. I'm going to make some rolls. Uh, how far away from you guys are, like from Turner, are you guys? Um, that's up to you, yeah. Um, well, we said we had you on the ship, uh, like, uh, on the canoe, so I think it's up to you on how far we are from the creatures themselves. The creatures are maybe a hundred feet inland off of the riverbank, but, uh, I th- past that, it's up to you how f- far away from your canoe you wanted to set up this ambush. Um, probably about 30 feet? So probably um, 30 feet away, then. And so... You are set up about 30 feet away, casting Minor Illusion. You are set up at the canoe 30 feet down the shore. Where are you? I think I'm pretty close to Brynhild, 5 feet, and I have my crossbow at the ready. Are you in cover behind a tree? Are um, you just hanging out on the shoreline? Um, I tried. This goes to you, too. Yeah, I'm hiding low in some of the he- in some hedges. Okay. I'm trying to like take some cover behind, like... Yeah, either some hedge or some, like, trees. Like a fallen tree? Yeah, to give myself, like, cover, yeah. I say hedges, but this is fauna. Flora and fauna, maybe? Yeah. Um, So, and where precisely were you casting the minor illusion? Like, along the shoreline, away from the canoe? Yep, Uh, yep, Um, uh, up ahead. So, total of 60 feet away from Turner at that point? Uh, yes. Okay. So when you cast that sound, 
All right. The spider doesn't seem to notice too much, but uh, the rhinoceros uh, lifts its head and grunts. It snorts a huge amount of air and then begins to charge directly towards the sound, going through one of the fallen trees on the ground in the process. Spider it is, I guess. <laughs> As the rhino runs through, the spider sees its companion running and climbs slightly up one of the trees. I'm going to start motioning that I'm going to attack. So, giving you a chance to figure out what you want to do. Ooh, so, about how... So, theoretically, the rhino's now about 30 feet away from us? Um, uh, depends. How long do you think it took for you to do this? The rhino... The rhino moves at... 40 feet around. Ooh, okay, so, yeah, it, uh... Okay, so it's and not quite I, there. Yeah, I was going to say, well... It, I would say it's dashing, so it it's moving at over 10 feet per second. So, um, I would like to, may, uh, then, uh, because I imagine it's now past us, mm-hmm. so I'm going to soon, like move towards the spider, and I would like to cast Dissonant Whispers on, on it. Alright, I'm going to give all of you a surprise round on this. So, just pit, check what you're all doing. Um... So I'm, just pick an action, a full turn of actions. What do you want to be doing? It'll happen kind of simultaneously. Yeah, so like Brynhild's idea here is to slowly and to slowly come stalking out of the fauna while whispering idle threats. Just, I'm going to swat you like every other one of your kind. <laughs> Is it fair to say that Turner heard the rhino charging? Oh, for sure. Okay, so yeah, then he's going to head their way, which... Well, uh, you guys are were, you how far away from me were you? 30 feet. 30 30 feet? feet. Okay. Are you heading their way immediately when you start hearing the rhino charge? I'm probably going to make sure the rhino doesn't come by the boat, because Tortellini's here. Mm-hmm. So he's going to wait to hear what direction the rhino is going. Okay. Yeah, it's far. Like, it's diagonal from you. You, It's so like, starting yeah, inland, away. directly inland from you, and then it's moving diagonal. Okay. Um, and then bonus action, I'm going to cast Hex on the spider, and then... Jake, yeah. your microphone's off. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, Jake. How long has it been off? You didn't have to shut it off. I didn't have to shut it off. I shut it off when we took our break. So I I got missed a lot of that. Yeah, so Jake's been muted at the table the whole, uh, like for a while now. Uh huh. Um, This has been a bit. So, uh, Mr. DM, uh, just tell us a little bit about Realkey's positioning. Uh, as uh, because the the rest everyone else heard. Right. Realkey is positioned next to Brynhild in cover with a crossbow at the ready. Yeah. um, You were the one, you know, you had to roll the stealth check and you had to... Yeah, it's Ah. it's fine. It's fine. We'll we'll figure it out. You're... 
have your you have your crossbow out. You are stealthed in cover on a fallen log next to where the rhinoceros ran through. My surprise action, I guess, is going to cast Hex on the spider, and then after Dissonant Whispers goes off, I'll shoot it with my crossbow. All right. And you're... Are you spending your turn on, like, a dashed movement, or...? Yeah. Okay. You'll still be... You would still be able to get there to them with a normal amount of movement, but dash would get you to the rhinoceros if you wanted to get there. Uh... I'll come help you guys first. All right. Then you still have an action and a bonus action to spend if you'd like to. Oh, one moment. Just let me... How long does this... Uh, I will cast Guiding Bolt on the spider. All right. This motherfucker's getting nuked. Yeah. So, remind me, Dissonant Whispers, is Uh, that a save? Yep. So it has to make a saving throw, uh, a wisdom saving throw of 13. All right, let me... Well, I don't think it made it, but we've got to find out. I highly doubt it. I don't see their number, but it's a spider. Yeah, no, that fails. Okay, so then it's going to be taking uh, 46 damage. Oh. Wait, it's weird. It tells me 46 in my cast, and then 3d6 Is in the description. Is that because you clicked on the upcasted version? Oh, yeah, that's uh, casting at, yeah. at uh, second level. I, I will cast it at first level. Okay. So, yeah, 3d6. So, roll your damage. I don't want your dice. I got mine. Okay. So, three, three. So, that's going to be 11 points of damage, and it must immediately use its reaction to move as far from its speed as it's allowed. It doesn't, it can't run into any dangerous ground. But um, it just has to run away from you as if feared? Yeah, as if fear. Yeah, Brynhild comes stalking out and, ju- and just, I'm going to tear your legs off. And I'm going to pierce your little thorax with them. You said 11 points of damage? 11 points of damage. All right. I love having a DM screen and not having to use scratch notebook paper. Actually, could I just cast that as a second level? There's actually no reason for me to not. Yeah, roll your extra d6. Uh, that's five, so seven. So uh, An extra six, five damage. Yeah, so 16 points in total. Uh, it is... That was psychic damage, right? Yep, it causes it to rackle in incredible pain. So you see its legs kind of curl inward towards itself as it, like, shrivels to a ball almost and uh, then um, snaps outwards and, looking very much worse for wear, starts to run up the tree. That's what I fucking thought. Uh, I don't know if you want to use your guiding bolt first or... Um, And I would like you, Brynhild, to give me a stealth roll. Will do, will do. That's a that's a filthy twenty. Uh, you will remain hidden from both of the enemies. It just hears the voices in its head. It doesn't know where it's coming from as it 
frantically looks around with all of its eyes while writhing in incredible pain and just starts to run up because it's the only way that it knows is away. And Brynhild watches, tilts her head a little curiously, and can't wait to do that again. I think that next would probably be Rilke. Turner glancing nervously at Wilkie, going, what the fuck was that? So... <laughs> He's an angry girl. Not really paying attention to you, you hear a curse underneath her breath as she casts hex on the. uh, You're gonna kind of cast a curse and just, oh, I'm gonna fuck you up. Like, we're just just cursing it out. Um, I think it's more of a, uh, a string of words and slight promises to her patron. I don't know what patron she has. Oh, do bloodhunters have patrons? Yep. Uh, uh, because of my uh, school, I have oh. I have war- a single slot of warlock spells. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how I hex. So that's a dirty twenty to hit. Uh, roll again. You have advantage on this because you're from stealth. Oh. So that's okay. S- that's that worse. Yeah, dirty twenty. All right. So uh, dirty twenty on the spider. Yes. Uh, dirty 20 hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, so that is 10 points of piercing, uh, two points of necrotic. Uh, That'll do it. Go ahead and narrate if you'd like to. So imagine as it's skittering up, um, it gets probably about halfway through as you're like, Doing your weird psychopath thing that's staring at it. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I am not from fucking Alfred, from an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm, Rilke sees you from behind, seeing you, I can't really hear what you're saying, so he just sees you staring at it and cocks your head, so. But as it's skittering up, it hits, like, probably square through, like, the middle of its four eyes right here, mm-hmm. and it just as the um, necrotic starts to burn away from it, it just falls off, landing on the (laughs) crack. So originally it's pinned to the tree by your crossbow bolt, and as the necrotic damage sears and bubbles away, it melts the flesh around the bolt. I would like you to roll me a stealth. Uh, 21. (sighs) Um... You see, this rhino is not the most observant being. <laughs> I mean, it is a rhino. And it has promise of food in front of it, so. It's rolled a nat one on all of its stealth checks. Oh my <laughs> god. Or its perception checks to see if you're in stealth. Where's the thing that came out of the water? <laughs> I heard it just a second ago. Oh, Spidey, come help me. Oh, we're Spidey. It Spidey does. would be able to see it. Spidey always knows what to do. It does have a two in intelligence. <laughs> uh, Turner, we're, back. we're to your surprise round. Yeah. Well, the spider's gone. Mm-hmm. You're 30 feet away from a very angry rhinoceros. I it's kinda... splashing around. If you didn't have more context, you'd think it'd be playing in the river, but you know that that is fury, not playfulness. Yeah. 30 feet away? Yeah. I will cast my channel Divinity. Okay. And use Twilight San- Sanctuary, which in this case will give you guys 
1d6 plus 4 temporary hit points. Alright, so go ahead and... I don't know who wants to roll the d6s on this, but... I'll do it. So who's this one for? For now. Five plus four, so nine. Nine temp hit HP on Brynhild. And here you get you get the dice I bought specifically for Monster of the Week. Okay. Let me roll on the table. Ooh, six. You got ten. Oh, thank you for that temp hit points because my next turn I'm gonna lose some of that. All right, I'm going to give this rhino one more shot on its turn, even though we're not in combat yet because y'all have passed all your stealth checks. I'll say, if you would like me to roll, I um, do have disadvantage on... I mean, I I actually think you should just from moving the 30 feet up. Yep. Ooh. Oh. That's, that's good. This is the best disadvantage roll I've ever gotten. A 17 and an 18. It rolled a 16. Turner, I rolled a 16. I got a plus one, though. Spider would know what to do. <laughs> you flap your wings like crazy, and since you're not walking across the ground, it doesn't make any noise. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sound? Well, it's not water. <laughs> so it must not be what came through here. <laughs> I think the problem here is I was giving you a surprise round, and the only enemy that knew you existed died. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, now, if you would allow me, DM, I'd like to correct that issue. Yeah. And make it two for two. Go for it. So, yeah, I... Let me check. Would I be able to... Oh, how actually? So, question. Yeah. Mm. Oh no, we want the, we want the rhino as rations, don't we? Mm, if if at all possible. Ow. Well, okay. So, I would like. Uh, yeah, and so oh, I will add here uh, that Azako was prepped to throw a spear at the spider, and just is kind of stunned, silent. And lifts it up and sees it fall from the tree and puts the javelin away for a second before turning around and focusing on the rhino. Yeah, she she doesn't take any action because she wants to coordinate a strike, but she's... Would I be able to get close enough to do a distracting strike? Uh, like to touch it? You're gonna need to roll me stealth on the movement up to it. I will absolutely do that for you. Alright, Azaka is going to prep an action for the... Um, either the rhino noticing you or you making your strike that she's going to throw javelin. Can I use my, as this is a happening surprise round, I'm just kind of taught, like, I'll put my uh, crossbow away, take out my sword, cast Crimson Right on me, on it. Okay. So yeah, I'll take the 1d4 works. and then I'm moving hex. So bonus action, then bonus action too. So I'm using my actual action and a bonus yeah. action yep. for this. Oh, God, thank you for that 10 hit points. I took four damage for uh, Crimson, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were in the middle of talking about Azaka. Yeah, no, she just prepped an action. Uh, what was your stealth roll? That was a 23. Yeah, they, they, that rhino doesn't know what's happening. Okay. 
Oh, okay. So I have to make a normal attack for it. And then yes, you make after. Yeah, you mm-hmm. make a weapon attack, and if it hits, you get stuff, I believe. If you hit, uh, because we both have distracting strike, if it hits, you add the damage of the superior die to the attack, and the next person gets advantage. Hmm. All right, so I will make an attack roll. And do I get advantage for being... Yep, you okay. get advantage on s- because you're stealth. I'm going to need that advantage. Um, that's a 21. Yeah, that hits. Uh, roll your damage. So, um, I add my superiority die to the damage. Yep. My scimitar is a 1d6. Get that nice little sound. So that is 9... That is 14 points of damage. And then I would like to use a blade flourish. Okay. Let me read this real quick. Wait, no, that's right. Yeah, it works, but you wanted to run, like, green flame blade and stuff like that, and it technically doesn't work with that. Yeah, it doesn't work with that. Okay, so I'm going to use a defensive flourish. All right. So, which means... You use one of your bardic inspiration dice. And I deal 1d6 extra damage and gain that for AC. Yep. Until next round. That is great. It's amazing. And you gain 10 feet of movement. So that's four. All right. Does an extra four damage. And then my AC becomes 22. Holy shit. Oh my God. It's very good. Yeah, I'm not going to make the rhino roll for this one. It Ranged attacks, it'll have to roll to see where it came from. Melee attacks, it knows you're there. Oh yeah, I prefer it that way. Azaka will throw her javelin as a response. And she gets advantage on that. Yes, she is still stealth. Oh, um... Uh, Advantage, uh, next person who hits it gets advantage. <laughs> so I guess it just, like, evens out then. Mm-hmm. It, it, or not evens out. But... Yeah. Uh, was well, that a nat 20? It was a 19. That's an 8. So that will hit... Javelin damage is 1d6, I believe, plus dex. I love these dice so much. Damn. So that strikes right behind the front limb of the rhinoceros, like in the center of mass, and deals eight points of piercing damage. Your surprise round, Turner. I will cast Toll the Dead. All right. So So it is a whiz save of 13. That's just failure. Roll your damage. And that will be... Seven points of necrotic damage. Alright. Well, finally, while this rhinoceros is very bruised and beaten, I'm gonna have everybody roll initiative. Nine. Uh, that is twenty-one. Eighteen. All right, 18, 21, 9. Uh, I, I did not need to cast Crimson, right? Hi, Alex again. I made a mistake while pausing the recording and lost the rest of the combat, but 
It was a pretty one-sided fight, and suffice it to say that Brynhild got dark during the finishing blow. Sorry again. Shit, we took a break. Remind me what the last yeah, thing happened so was. Yeah, we so were, we were um, getting in the canoe to start moving back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Same pace as previous? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it played out really well for, for, for us so far. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, this uh, trip still is now progressing very smoothly. Morale is high because rations are high. And especially, this was... A somewhat challenging enemy, and you kicked its shit in. Uh, sorry, was this? Is are we technically in a long rest? Is this? Uh, yeah, yeah, is this you'll, a rest? You'll get long rest. Uh, also, while you're at it, uh, let me do some math real quick. Ooh. Uh, also, for the recording, I am generous. You in this when I, it comes to dividing XP, I just kind of round up. Uh, so I would mark, like, everybody to mark 220 experience points. Yeah, you'll get long rest benefits. This is a relatively easy trip. I want to make sure you, what's happening for pest control. Are you lighting an incense brick and having it in the middle of the canoe for the duration? Is everybody putting on the personal... I think, yeah, since we're so close, it's incense bricks, and then, yeah, when we're actually gonna, like, go travel in the woods, it's the selves. Yeah, and I think, if I recall correctly, I think we did set up a net around the canoe? I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't think that there's one that covers the air, so a lot of these are flying insects. Mm-hmm. And I assume that you're... Actually, you know what? I would like... Unless someone else has an idea for setting up the rain catcher, I would either like to hear an idea or a collective int roll. I'm for not... setting up the rain catcher? Yeah, you need to be. You have water skins, but you still need to collect rainwater. Yeah, because we uh, have a rain catcher. Turner just... looks at you guys and gestures like, like a bull, holds his arm out like a bull. It's like, do we. Got got something? Oh, uh, we do have we do have one. Oh yeah, probably like a pan or a walk or something like no, that. No, we we bought uh, we bought one from a merchant from the merchant prince. Like the rain I, catcher. Yay. And water skins to hold the rain in. Yay. But I didn't think you had just a giant brass bowl or anything. Oh. Oh, but you have the walk to cook in, right? I do have a walk to cook in. Yep. Okay, so, yeah, he takes out the walk and casts uh, Create Water. All right, yeah, that'll <laughs> cover it whenever you need to, then. I try the magical water. It tastes surprisingly of little, maybe a hint of iron, but almost nothing and quite refreshing. Well, iron's good for the system, it is. It's just the slightest bit of iron from being in the walk, but pure water... Tastes like nothing. Turn in our cherish our friendship deeply. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for the good water. <laughs> I just am <started> imagining <laughs> Brynhild just taking the walk and holding it in her hands and slowly like bringing it up like a giant soup bowl. <laughs> uh, that absolutely does happen. And then she pours out some in uh, one of the other pots that she has in her kitchen set. Uh, pour some out for Tortellini to drink from. 
it takes Tortellini a little bit to figure out how this works, because he's used to drinking from wide open water sources, and so instead what ends up happening is he sticks his entire head underwater in the dish, there's bubbles coming up, and then comes up with water splashing everywhere. Oh yeah, small boy, you'll you'll figure it out. (laughs) The next part is him taking bites at the water, getting enough to drink. Okay, maybe you won't figure it out then. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to look around. Is anyone watching her specifically? No, No, I'm watching Tortellini. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, Brynhild's going to get down and simulate drinking water from a bowl. (laughs) (laughs) So to try to teach Tortellini. Is that going to be an animal handling? <laughs> no. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, the humiliation's enough. Uh, you know what? It's... I will have you roll one animal handling for me. This is a high DC, but... A high DC, okay. Is I it... have a plus one. Is it better or worse at Turner, of all people, seeing you do this? That was a nat one. Oh, no. (laughs) There's not really any way to punish you for a nat one here, so it doesn't really do anything. I was going to have Tortellini actually learn something on a high roll. Uh, How to drink blood from my foes. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And then smile and coo afterwards. (laughs) Look, we're we're teaching him something new when this jerky's ready. Azaka is looking down at you with a very complicated expression of... Please don't think less of me, dear. I think it's a little too late for that. Understandable. Good day. (laughs) It's the bewilderment mixed with pity in a little bit of a sense, and just... Why? (sighs) He's gonna learn somehow. This just seemed to be the easiest way. (laughs) Azaka gets up, walks steadily towards the front of the canoe, and Rilke, do you need someone to swap out for you? i sure I could go for a long <laughs> rest right now. <laughs> he said the thing! <laughs> he said the thing and the thing. The it's thing. the thing. Yeah, the trip progresses smoothly for at least a week. Is there anything that you are looking out for or want to do in the meantime here? Well, we've got food and water covered. I suppose it's just looking out mostly for threats or if I guess if there's any notable landmarks because I think we have a map, right? We should. You do have a map and you would have been able to mark the mine on your map. Yeah, so just making marks of of locations that look of interest. Just can't be stopping every two feet type of if, deal. Okay, if you make it express that you want to like keep a map as accurate, I will use my trance to get cartography tools. Or like oh. be able to uh, actually be good at ma- making maps. Absolutely, then. So I... But I'm, you would... Do I still... Would you lose your uh, benefits of... Nope. Okay, that's from your background. Because I can choose uh, two that okay. I'm proficient in. And the other one that I currently am proficient in is something I don't think we need right now. Navigator tools. And, like, we don't... We're not using navigator tools No, right you now. have a navigator. Yeah, we got Zaka. So I will pick up cartography. 
and I don't have the actual tools, but that will help me be able to at least be better at making our map. So, yeah. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to switch off the navigator tools for, so. Mm. I rolled for something, and apparently I don't think I was supposed to, but uh, y'all got lucky. Oh. <laughs> don't worry about it. Well, no, I will. <laughs> I am very worried about it. All right, so after a week of time, if if there's not much else you want to be doing, after about a week's worth of sailing, sailing, quote-unquote, you uh, are going down the river when you come across an abandoned riverside camp strewn with wreckage. The tents are moldy and tattered, and all the permanent structures appear to have been burned to the ground. Two intact rowboats are tied off to a short dock. North of the camp is a ridge built into which is an 80-foot-tall stone statue carved to look like a man with a crocodile on his back. Between the statue's feet is a stone archway leading into a dark tunnel. To the left of the statue is a crude animal pen with a small panicked bird running around inside of it. There are no other signs of life. How recent are the canoes, can I tell? So I'm assuming, okay, if, yeah, if there's an animal here, these canoes are probably... The, yeah, yeah. They're, the the this is relatively recent because yeah. the animal doesn't much look too worse for wear. Just a wild poultry bird that was used for uh, for farming. Yeah, Turner would like if he sees the camp, kind of wave for you guys to. Oh, it's pull it's off. large and unavoidable. This is yeah. a massive landmark. Yeah, so he's going to kind of like wave to you to like stop. All right, so we're fucking with this thing. All right, then. It's a little jingle of a bell that means yes. I would stop, park the canoe, and get out. So you notice immediately that this seems to be a military camp, but there's no sign of actual barricaded defenses or anything of the like around it. Yeah, a few of the tents are burned to the ground. There, The rest are in tatters. That is on... If you are looking at this giant stone statue that is on the left side of its feet, right in front of it there are a couple of larger gathering grounds, or gathering tents as well. On the right there is a smokehouse safe, and the... Oh, yes, there's a smokehouse and or... Oh, no, that is not a smokehouse, that is a burned-out shrine. Um... I just assumed from the picture, but noticed it had a number next to it that actually marked what it was. Ah. Uh, so, I think first things first, Brynhild's looking for any sign of, like, violence, like, of marks on the ground, if it shows, like, it looks like, like an animal of some sort, if it looks like blades and arrows, like, that sort of thing. So, yes... And Turner would probably quickly start to look for anybody left. Um, there are a lot of footprints and hoofprints and dinosaur footprints and slither marks from something too large to be a small snake or anything like that. There are a lot of tracks, but they seem a couple of months old. There are human footprints leading out of the camp, but to 
see where they might have gone, I would need a uh, it would be survival or a investigation or survival maybe. I'll go ahead and go make a survival roll. All right. Yeah. I will also make a survival roll. Uh, I rolled a twelve. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's survival and fourteen. Uh, because I get advantage uh, on either Faith, uh, Fiends, or Undead. Uh, 13. Um, so you can tell that this that these are footprints that were in a dead sprint. These people were fleeing for their lives. Some of them didn't even get their boots on. They ran barefoot. But the horde of footprints kind of tries to follow behind them. And you'll find, at the end of one of these tracks, some human remains. They are in a set of armor that looks like a uniform, but you haven't ever seen it before. I think Brynhild's gonna try to see what, in, like, how they died, exactly. So, you name it, they were... They have too many wounds for you to actually distinguish a real cause of death because they have bite marks, um, sword wounds, and maybe a couple of projectiles and magic marks as well. Burns, acid, etc. Hmm. I probably should have you roll for that, but... Eh. Uh, yeah, Supernatural's just gonna whisper, Jesus Christ. Well, wait, there is no Jesus. This is the Dungeons & Dragons... <laughs> A non-descript entity here. What the fuck? I'm going to cast Detect Magic just to see if I pick up anything. Alright. Um, are you ritual casting or... Uh, yeah, if you guys don't mind waiting. Um, Brynhild Br- 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 like, doesn't mind waiting, but we'll continue looking around in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as turn is doing that i think i would find something i mean i don't think we have much around but to cover the body Mm. while you are casting important thing i'm going to need a perception roll from you and i think you auto pass 20 baby i rolled a five you got shit yeah (laughs) but you will keep At one point, you hear almost a little bit of chattering from the, uh, from inside of a bush near the opposite edge of camp. And maybe just a a rustle when the wind blows, but just a little too much for the breeze. Um, as Turner is doing his ritual, I will quietly make my way over to Brynhild. Tap your shoulder. Yeah, what is it, mate? And motion with my head to the bush and just go, something's not right. Um. And start to make my way towards the bush. Azaka, like, catches your eye and is, what's wrong? I heard something from the bush. The sound lasted a little bit too long for it to be the wind. So. So, Brynhild's gonna pull her scimitar and... Ooh, let me roll to make a decision for myself real quick. For sure, for sure. Okay. Brainhild is going to um, move 
out of the view line of that bush and then drop down and try to circle around it behind. Uh, oh, you mean drop like down drop down, down and crawl. squat and yeah. crawl, on, crawl on your hands and knees? Or no, just, just, just crouch. Crouch, gotcha. All right, I'm going to need a stealth roll out of you. And I guess as I, I imagine I could see you do this, I will... And um, I'm going to kind of start to go that way, but like act as if I'm looking into tents and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, whatever Azaka is doing. Azaka has drawn her weapon and is watching over Turner okay. since you are kind of engrossed. And then could I uh, try to roll an investigation or perception to see if I could see anything in the bush? First, okay. I'm going to get two things out of you. Yes. One, give me a performance roll. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, or a deception? Uh, that works too. Uh, it does not matter. Five. Uh, that does, like, that's fine. This was purely upside. But uh, then I'm going to have to ask you for a stealth roll. It's like that's... when we were trying to sneak up on the birds. Oh my. Oh my. 17. Who could ever All see right, this coming? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going, like, if, if you did well on the performance yeah. or deception, I was going to give you advantage on the stealth. Okay. All right, so go ahead and give me a perception while you're doing this. Yeah. And 20. You can dirty 20. Oh, uh, perception? Yeah. Okay. It's a dirty 20. All right. So uh, I had rolled a 12 on my stealth. And a, a 11 on my perception. So that the stealth is... Well... Yeah, the stealth is passing. The perception, not quite. So you don't uh, see anything where you're sneaking up, but you continue to follow the path and try and, like, flank around. Rilke, you see a bit of green skin on something before it darts out from uh, the bush that you saw it and runs away. Like into the woods or? Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, if you really (laughs) wanted, I'd let you make an attack roll, but uh, you'd have to be at disadvantage. Yeah. I'm not going to try to make an attack roll on it. I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is too. It's not because of that, but grog friend. Get a turn to, Osaka and just like I don't know if you like you didn't see it but just go it and kind of point further into the woods and go I saw something green run in there mm. uh, which I mean does not narrow it down but that's all I got you can see she's oh, that doesn't narrow it down too much I was small and green but that narrows it down only slightly more. yep that's all I can really see and I'm going to start moving that way to just look into the just look down um, Brynhild doesn't really care, but will go check the bush that it had been in for any, like, traces it might have left of what, like, if it had any food in there or anything. Perception, investigation, or survival. Perception for Rilke, investigation, or survival for, uh, Brynhild. That's a seven. <sighs> um, I rolled, I rolled a, twi- a dirty 20. Rilke, all's quiet. Yeah. You, you've lost track. Brynhild, you see a couple of footprints in the mud. They look vaguely humanoid, is the best way I'd put it. More 
Claude. Um, so yeah, Brynhild gathers uh, some of the fauna with one uh, with her left hand, and then just chops it like that was covering the tracks. Um, so it's more clear. So it's more clear. Um, and then I'm going to. Do you mean Flora? Flora, sure. <laughs> okay. I, I was very confused for a bit. Flora, fauna, I'll fucking cut all of them. <laughs> um, Flora is the thing covering the tracks. Fauna is what made it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm gonna turn uh, turn in and go. Well, Rilke, you can come. You can come take a look at these. That went a little southern. And with that, I would go and check with the yeah. Look at the tracks and same see. thing. Um, vaguely humanoid, but when you look closely, there are. They have more. They ha- it's almost claws in front of the toes. Okay. And they're very small. Almost child-sized. Um. I would then, as looking at them, open up our little guide and just flip through, see if I can see anything that fits small green clawed toes. Mm, I... Let me see. I don't know if Volos has it. So, you have a guess. It's not a strong one, but uh, actually, go ahead and make me an int roll, I think. Not great, not bad. Twelve. Alright, that's good enough. Uh, Your best guess is that it's some sort of goblinoid. Okay. You're not quite sure which variant or what, but you have heard rumors that there are tribes of goblins that hunt and raid around here. Okay. They're generally troublemakers and uh, thieves um, that will only openly fight if forced to. Okay. So then, yeah, I just kind of as... I look, I'm imagining it's like a little section of them and all those. I'm just like, so uh, we might be dealing with goblins here or some form of them. Correction, my friend. Their problem was goblins. Those goblins ain't my problem. That's fair. And I, I would go relay that to Ozaka. Yeah. Um... And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. They, they are common in this area. But they wouldn't be ones to attack a camp like this. They don't go on the offense. They would never... They wouldn't really institute a full raid. But would they come in the aftermath to pick the bones? Of course they would. And, yeah, the whatever happened to that guy, that yeah, that's not goblins. So... There's something else here, or was here. Well, I mean, these uh, a lot of this violence looks quite old, so it's probably been quite some time since uh, since whatever happened here. Goblins probably picked most of what was valuable here. When you were uh, investigating the buildings off to the right near the bushes, there was a the smoking building of the. Uh, burned out shrine uh, caught your eye a little bit Um, you saw a bit of a glint from one of the leather thongs on a peg in the uh, shrine wall 
I guess now that we kind of like, I can guess that we're not in as much danger, I'll go mm-hmm. check it out. All right, so in there, it seems like there are shattered lanterns on the ground that during the fight, whatever happened, the lanterns spilled oil and burned the entire structure there down. But the bit of shine that you saw was a small holy symbol of Torm. Um, I'd have to look up which god that is specifically, actually. But it, uh, if you want to mark it in your inventory, if you want to take it. Sure, I will take it. I didn't bring it. Here, I'll, I'll write it down. Oh, um, I had a pencil right next. There it is. So, uh, mark so it in your inventory. It's worth 25 gold pieces. Uh, what exactly okay. is it called? It's a small holy symbol to the god Torm. T-O-R-M. So, I am slightly magically inclined. Not a lot. Could I see if there's magic in with it? Um, give me an arcana roll. It's not great. Or religion. Or religion. Uh, either, both are good. They're both the same. I gotta ask, because either way I get advantage on it. Mm-hmm. Fey, fiend, undead? No. 13. Uh, you don't sense anything from it, but you would know that Torm is a god to many paladins that he's a god of righteousness and duty okay i would hold on to it until you're done with your well, ritual i'll probably hand it off to you mm-hmm. is there anything i think there's a couple of minutes left on the cast is there anything else you're checking out i'm just yeah more thorough check of tents around us to see what's going on like see if there's much left So, because I may not have touched on it well enough, and because... uh, Don't take this as me pushing you. Yeah. There is a giant 80-foot-tall stone statue. Well, yeah, I want (laughs) to wait until Turner's done here to, like... Okay, then then we're good. Yeah, I don't want to go up there and then be like, snake monster comes out. So, yeah, uh, you would find... So, over in that area are two things... There was the command tents in the center in front of the statue, and there was the latrine pits. I'm not going to mess around with the latrine pits. I'm going to the command tents. Okay. In... All right. You stir around in the command tents and try and get something up. If not loot, I'm looking, trying to figure out what was going on here. So they, these tents seem very picked clean. They, uh, they were, whoever was here definitely grabbed everything out of these tents on their way out, if they could. They're obviously used for meetings of some sort. They're not living quarters, but they, most everything inside of them is gone, other than some basic rubble. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah. Brynhild, or what are you doing for the next two minutes or so Well, uh... The ritual cast is going. Uh, I think I'm just I'm just going back and staying behind Turner and just watching him. All right, Ozaka makes a small bit of conversation with you. Going, goblins are very mischievous. I think that I should stay back and watch the canoe, else they might steal it. I was actually about to say you should probably keep an eye on Tortellini and the boat itself. Gladly, I I would defend Tortellini with my life. As would any self-respecting human being. Then gives us a bit of a wink. Mm-hmm. Your ritual cast goes off. Mm-hmm. You 
this feels like a lot of work, but there's no magical anything within the spell's radius. This will be going for, how, what's the duration on ritual, or I mean on detect magic again? Ten minutes. All right, so for the next ten minutes, you, anything magical will light up to you, though. Okay. Uh, go ahead. As, as I see you, you know, probably come out of your trance as you, you know, doing your spell, I just hand you the little symbol, just like, is... Does this mean anything to you? Uh, and I pick it up, and is there anything I'd know? Would you like me to roll something? Or... Sorry. Uh, I something. Um, I can actually answer Alex for you. He doesn't know yet. Oh, okay. What don't I know yet? Uh, Damien was asking about the holy symbol and the god, and you had just said, you said a little bit ago that you hadn't... Uh... I just looked up oh, a little just bit ago the, okay. what the god was, but what if you would know about the symbol? Yeah. All right, give me a religion check. You're a cleric with a religion of plus two? It's an int thing, and I, you, so it's just my proficiency. I think you could argue to use whiz for your, uh... Because would this, have, would be, this would can be... Can I if, roll with a plus three instead? Yeah, if you wanted to use your whiz for it instead, it would be, instead of knowing having knowledge about the god it would be you coming across these religions in your experience okay would that just be using the whiz modifier it'd be whiz, whiz plus proficiency if you're proficient in it whiz pro- plus proficiency okay so that would be a plus five damn 22 fuck yeah so um let me pull this page up again uh, so this is a symbol to the god Torm. You, I'm gonna have to give you quite a bit of good stuff because of this, uh, of good information. So it is a deity of paladins, the god of duty, loyalty, righteousness, obedience, and law. But the thing that you would know from your experience that Rilke didn't pick up on was this was a thing that is somewhat associated with the Flaming Fist organization. Mm. For listeners who haven't been following along, the Flaming Fist is an organization in the Forgotten Realms that uh, has taken an interest in the island of Chult and has a couple of fortresses set up here. They sell charters for exploration of the area they don't have any real legal precedent to be able to force people to pay to adventure into the jungle but they have the force that they can enforce it regardless earlier turner forged a charter on a nat 20 going up to like a 25 so this thing's flawless and perfect Okay, so yeah, Turner would, uh, using a, like, man's voice that you've heard him probably use, like, a few times at this point, uh, give you the name of, and, Torm, and then would then switch to, I believe the innkeepers told us about the Flaming Fist, right? Or... 
Um, I think, well, didn't... The innkeeper did, yeah. Okay, so yeah, then he would use her voice to be like, the flaming fist is here. Okay. So we're thinking that this might have been a flaming flaming fist encampment, then got attacked, goblins picked up what was left over. My god, I keep going and slipping to southern. But why was I high? But why was I high? Um, to stop the and to stop the end of uh, revitalization magic. I guess uh, for that information, there's like we can't do much. We just know this is a flaming fist uh, area. I guess we should uh, go investigate. And points up to the statue. That. Now, I will ask the DM. Yeah, yeah. So little Anne has an idea of what happened here in who the aggressor was. And would it be at all possible for Brynhild to come to the same conclusions that Anne has? If, I mean, in general, if Brynhild has the information too. Yeah, that's what I was leaving up to you. I don't know the conclusion that you think you're getting to. I think this is one, uh, uh, what were they called, the Wantee? Mm-hmm. I think they have wiped this place out. I think that Brynhild just knows that the Wanti are kind of on this island. I don't think Brynhild has any idea as to where or when they are. You might be able to come to that conclusion. It may be a right or a wrong one. I think nondescript snake people attacked. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you know what Wanti are. Okay. Could be what could be wanty. I never saw one, uh, but it's uh, serpent serpent trails, and that's the first thing that comes to mind. I know they're on the island, so that's my best guess. I understand that. I mean, it's ha- but it like happened months ago, so they shouldn't be in this area still, should they? Unless this was a uh, territory conflict, then yeah, they'll be close by. And. I guess a forced. I, sorry, I read this dungeon in advance when I was reading the uh, book, and I forgot it existed because it's fucking ridiculous. Did you know, Rilke, that this is a dungeon? <laughs> you know that we're probably gonna die here. Is it perhaps a tomb of annihilation, God? Or maybe there is a dragon along with this dungeon. Rocks fall. Everyone dies. Reroll your characters. <laughs> I accept this with grace and dignity. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, back in character, we know none of this. Okay. My vote is still to check out well, at least what's in the cave a little bit. You never know what could still be left or behind. If the goblins think it's safe to come here, then probably they... Oh, I can tell you this, mate. I don't think it's safe. But I also don't mind killing whatever makes it unsafe. That's fair. And with that, I guess we're gonna go towards the the aptly named dungeon. Have you, like, made observations about this giant 60-foot croc? Oh, I was gonna go up there, like, right before we go. Because like, I, I thought it was, like, kind of on the way. It is dead center in this camp. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go take a look at that motherfucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
like, yeah, have you been talking about it up until now? That's my question. Probably mentioned it a few times, but uh, was mostly worried about, like, focused on the violence and what might be mm -hmm. around. And now that we're past, like, some of the preliminary investigations, turns the conversation to it. So, Ozaka would have made, would have overheard and made a, uh, a comment on that statue. Like, sauntered in and said, yeah, yeah, that statue is of a character from local mythology. It's a... The... It is the uh, story that's passed down to children here called The Man and the Crocodile. Well, ma'am, that is a uh, apt name for such a thing. Tell me more. The statue is part of a story that's told and passed down here. The story goes, in the early days of the world, man stood by the banks of... The two characters, man and crocodile, man stood by the banks of a river, frightened. I thought you were saying two, like, two characters, as in there are two genders, man and crocodile. <laughs> Obviously. Man stood on the bank of a river, frightened. Crocodile raised his head from the water and asked... What frightens you, cousin man? Man said, I must cross this river, but I fear to enter the water alone, because it teems with your brethren. Crocodile replied, It's true, you would not be safe, but I will carry you across the river safely on my back, if you promise to return the favor. Man agreed, and Crocodile bore him safely across the water. When they reached the far bank, man asked, How can I repay you? Crocodile replied, I wish to see the realm of humans, but I fear to go there, because it teems with your brethren. You must carry me on your back across your realm. Man had been tricked, but a promise is a promise, so he carried Crocodile safely on his back across the entire realm of humans, a journey that lasted many years. He also swore in his anger that never again would men and crocodiles be friends, and so it has remained to this day. How was he tricked? <laughs> Uh, out, of, out of any sort because carrying a, a crocodile carrying a man across a river is a lot easier than a man carrying a crocodile across the entirety of the la of land okay. no, hold, hold on there it just sounds like the crocodile wanted to make a friend and get some sights in this guy is just being a real cunt about the whole thing. <laughs> then, he is yeah, being a poor sport. Yeah, Turner is switching to like an elderly woman voice. Laid down terms of services before signing. Look, it, it like it doesn't sound like the crocodile's trying to trick him. It just it was trying to like, hey, I'd like to see some shit. I'd like to see what they got. Look, they got big buildings. I want to see those big buildings. What's in them? But like, if I do that, I'm gonna get shanked. I'm gonna get eaten and grilled because I'm delicious. So they put me on my on his back, and then he protects me. And well, there we go. I can go see things. Like you must sightseeing. return the favor. You think it's an equal favor for thirty seconds of passage to four years? Oh, well, absolutely not. I'm just saying that he could have taken it with some grace and been friends with the alligator. I think that he took it for with some grace for the first couple of minutes, and then on year two, it was a little bit of a frustrating ordeal. Did he even try? to have a form a meaningful relationship with the crocodile? No, because the crocodile was a dick. See, well, you didn't say that part. <laughs> the crocodile was just a dick. And, you know what? This conversation's a whole other matter, and I'm done with it for one. That might be a good point. 
works for me. All right, I think we're going to wrap up here. We're going to wrap it up about here. I'm excited to get you into the, I don't know what to call it, other than the doorway by the crocodile's feet. Next time on Tombs of Annihilation, our, pa- <laughs> our party of heroes go... Heroes is a very loose term to be mentioned here. Our band of mercenaries that are here for their individual profit will delve into a dungeon in Dungeons and Dragons. Whoa! Oh, no, Casey, be here for that one then? Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we gotta figure out how he's gonna get with us. I, I love the idea of a druid just coming out the woods and being like, hey guys. <laughs> Dude, he, he's prisoner in the dungeon. Have an idea. Oh god! He just walks out of the dungeon. Oh, that was a fun time. What are you guys doing here? <laughs> you guys are a lot more fun than the last Heavy guy that had me on his back. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look forward to it. I'm having a lot of fun with this happy-go-lucky, light-hearted adventure. Oh yeah, kisses and hugs. Well, no. I... <laughs>